entering the very world of Milton Jones. Good evening, I'm Milton Jones. About a month before he died, my grandmother <laughs> covered my grandfather's back with lard. And uh, after that, he went downhill very quickly. <laughs> he always was a bit of a man for the ladies. Didn't matter how clearly the gents were signposted. <laughs> so here I am then lying on the ground in the heart of the South American jungle. My leg is broken, and I'm just about to be bitten by a cobra. I'm here in the jungle because I'm retracing the journey of my grandfather, Indiana. <laughs> Indiana Dickinson. He was my maternal grandfather. Loved babies. Had his own collection of dolls, in fact. But then he changed his name to Jones and became an adventurer and explorer. The cobra arches his neck. My life begins to flash before my eyes. Hope afterwards I can see it backwards. I love that. Yeah. Especially the time I was sick in the swimming pool. <laughs> Hang on, it's getting dark. Hello? Who are you? I'm your guardian angel. I saved you from harm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, um, uh, let me um, just turn the lights back on. Oh, that's better now, dear. I've been sent to help you compile a tape of the best bits before you died. A sort of Milton Jones, that's life. Ah, so you're the Esther Ransom. Well, I'm quite a fan of Esther. And so's Gloria. Gloria? Gloria Esther fan. <laughs> anyway, everything stopped. The, the jungle, the snake. Yes, that's right. I have the power to freeze things. Everything except strawberries. <laughs> I've got the strangest feeling this has happened before. Gosh, Really? Let's have a little look. Uh, Indiana Jones accidentally choked on a small toy. Milton Jones... Ah, here we are. Milton Jones bored to death by a gull. Uh, this is a picture of me. Look, Terry's seagull in Yarmouth last summer. There's my plumage. And, uh, oh, yeah, here's one of me and the lads eating some chips. I'm dropping near a bench. Brilliant. <laughs> this one. No, no, no. I think you'll find last week I was gored to death by a bull. <laughs> oh, crikey. You're right. Um, well, uh, let's crack on with the tape, shall we? People watch too many videos these days. After a while, they can't tell the difference between fact and fantasy. They get hold of a gun and, you know. Still, we needed guns when I was a cop in New York back in the late 70s. <laughs> with my partner, Starsky. <laughs> so you've made a bish of things, haven't you? Where's the rest of your expedition? When we arrived at the elephant graveyard, all the bearers disappeared. Perhaps I shouldn't have told them they might have to carry one of the coffins. You're not a patch on your grandfather. Oh, I visited him in a few tricky situations, I can tell you. The Lost Ark, the Lost Crusade, the Lost Treasure. Yeah, I've never really understood why all those ancient civilizations kept losing things. Come, let us now place the sacred artifacts before the great sun god of Ra. The 70 golden bracelets, the 250 mother-of-pearl banqueting dishes encrusted with diamonds and amethyst, and the infinite number of silver bowls. Uh, well, I had them this morning. <laughs> I know, because I had to clean them. What? You have mislaid the treasure of Ra. This is not possible. Oh, uh, it'll turn up. My mum's looking for it now. She's really good at finding things. Have mercy on us, O Ra. How could you do this? 
If it were not a special feast day, I would have you sacrificed. Oops. And while I'm on the subject, how are you getting on with running Atlantis? Ah. <laughs> Here in the jungle with Milton Jones and his hideous, painful death. Okay, let's bash on. Tell us about your family. Well, my dad, he didn't find it easy to talk about certain things. You wanted to see me, Father? Ah, uh, yes, Milton. I think it's time I talk to you about uh, the, the, the birds and, and the bees. Um, mm. you've, you've probably noticed that they're more or less completely surrounding the house now. Look! I have a sister. I remember the day she got married. I don't know why she got married to a man with a large bell strapped to his head. My mother, she always used to say last thing, night-night, sleep tight, hope the bugs don't bite, then she'd take the lids off the jam jars. I had to get away. I remember Grandad sitting us on his knee and singing about his adventures in Egypt, the curse of Pharaoh Jacques, <laughs> and of how one day he would awake and win the approval of King Tut. No wonder you wanted to follow in his footsteps. Yes, I wanted to travel around and collect treasured objects, so I became a car thief. <laughs> it's just as well Grandad called himself an archaeologist, otherwise he might be put in prison or deported. Then I could have been an Australian. Ooh, I, I can show you that. Milton Jones, you could have been this man. Oh, hiya. You're probably wondering what I'm doing in your living room in the middle of the night. <laughs> Remember me? Name's Driggsy. Met you at a party once. You said I could stay on your floor any time. Just let myself in through the window. <laughs> Listen, I can't pay the rent right now, but hey... I can regale you with stories about my travels around the world. I was in Thailand once. This Buddhist monk said to me, you know, it's really great how you ask so many questions. I said, I don't, but I probably just sound as if I do. <laughs> then I went to China. They got a lot of problems there. They're only allowed to have one child each. So those kids get spoiled and they turn around and say things like, I don't eat rice. <laughs> I went to India. Went to the Taj Mahal, which I guess must be like the biggest of the chain of restaurants. <laughs> okay, not everything's great in Australia. We do have a few problems with the skin cancer. I said to a bloke, nice surfboard, mate. He said, it's not a surfboard, it's a melanoma on the sole of my foot. <laughs> I must admit, I do get a bit fed up with the stereotypical view of the Australian male, you know, that he's sexist, racist and hasn't got any culture. But what about the opera house, eh? What about the opera house? There is a whole building dedicated to that fat black Sheila with the TV show. <laughs> Milton Jones, you could have been that man. Well, I'm glad I turned out to be British. Sadly, today, the Union Jack has become synonymous with racism. But in the old days of the Empire, it would fly proudly over places like India. <laughs> ah. Anyway, here you are, about to pop your clogs in the jungle. Maybe, but it's been a great experience. Just before this, I got involved in a poisonous darts match. Oh, OK, then, Dr Charles, OK. You're required now to hit as many monkeys as you can with your blowpipe. One hundred and eighty! 
How barbaric. That's not something your opposite from a parallel universe would have done. My opposite? Oh, yes. Milton Smith. Oh, hello there. <laughs> you're looking lovely as ever. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Jones, you're uh, as ever. <laughs> Thanks. What have you been up to recently? Oh, the usual. Running my own business, cruising around in my sports car, and walking around clothes shops in time to the music. Wow. <laughs> I've just come from the gym, been to see my personal trainer. That's a long way to go to see a shoe. of bother. He's about to be killed by a poisonous snake. Charming is what you need. Huh? Charming. Uh. <laughs> 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 oh, that's the funniest thing I've heard for a long time. Oh, but, but seriously, I mean, have, have you got any advice for him? Well, I've faced a lot of snakes in my time, and uh, do you know what I always do? Have another go and see if you land on a ladder? Spit at them before they spit at you. No. Yeah. They always turn tail and run. The element of surprise, you see. Or it's quite bad breath. What do you do if they don't? Triple backflip or something. Anything to maintain the element of surprise. Wow, you must be so fit. Go on, punch me in the stomach. Are you sure? Of course. Ah, <laughs> oh, my nose! <laughs> he said his stomach. Uh, the element of surprise or something. <laughs> Smith, if you want to be useful, go and see if you can find an antidote to the poison. All right. There was really no need for that. Well, you've got to be ready for anything. Do you know, my grandfather was once captured by a voodoo priest who stuck pins in him. Did it hurt? No, but it was agony for his doll collection. <laughs> We're looking back at the life of Milton Jones, a life that sadly seems to have been entirely wasted. Such a shame. You could have been a brilliant professor. Really? I'll show you. Thank you, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen of the Institute, I give you my latest invention, an animal translator. madness. I have already tested it on monkeys with surprising results. When I put this monkey into a bath, this is what we hear. And this is what the animal is actually saying. Oh, the water's too hot. Water's too hot. <laughs> We're running through Milton Jones's short but inept life. Honestly, I'm sure your grandfather could have wriggled out of this situation. He was physically very fit, you know. So am I. I used to be a bouncer. Really? Someone had to test those space hoppers. <laughs> you meant one of those men outside um, discotheques and the like. Oh, yeah, and I used to be one of those as well. You know those earpieces they have? They're to get important instructions from the management, like left, right, <laughs> left, chest out, right. I was once employed at the winner's enclosure at Ascot. Excuse me, can you let me in? My name's Jenny Pittman and I'm with the winner of the 10,000 guineas. Uh, sorry, no trainers. <laughs> After that, I went on to be a bodyguard. Come on in. Hello, uh, Miss Whitney Houston. I'm your new bodyguard. Sure, so uh, you're here to save my life? I'll do my best, ma'am. Okay, I'll just go take a shower. 
couldn't stand it any longer. <laughs> Did you ever work again? Oh, yes. I went on to be a big noise at the BBC. Really? Yeah, I worked in the sound effects department. <laughs> I'd love to go back there and see how they're getting on. Right to you. Here we are. Just as I remember it. You see this tray of gravel? We used to use this for making footsteps. Oh, no, it's the cat litter tray. <laughs> of course, some of the sound effects were made quite simply. For instance, imagine an arrow being fired from a longbow. Ooh, that sounds quite difficult. Ah, no, you see, to recreate the sound of stretching horse gut and straining willow, we simply used a 12-inch ruler which my assistant, Keith, held on the edge of a table while I twanged the other end. <laughs> Not bad. And say you want the noise of an arrow hitting the target. You can use the same ruler, but put it a bit more over the edge of the table, like this. <laughs> put them together with a good atmospheric effect, and you get... Cry God for Harry and England! <laughs> Why don't you just record the sounds of an actual arrow? Well, we used to, but it's too dangerous. A few years ago, Keith nearly lost an eye. Then we'd have had to call him Keth. What others can you do? Well, say you're in the Wild West and you come across a rattlesnake. Whoa there, boy. Rattler. <laughs> now, you might want to shoot that rattlesnake with your gun. Or a bow and arrow. Whoa there, boy. Rattler. Take that, you varmint. Surely you don't always use the ruler. What's all this other equipment for? What, you mean the wood blocks, door frames, locks, bolts, hammers and stuff? Yes. Well, basically, we take all those raw materials and using the hammers, we knock them up into a rather snazzy table, then Keith and I twang the ruler over the edge. Look, don't you ever use computers? Of course we do. Here's my Power Mac G3 Super Tower. I run Cubase to sync up wave files off the sequencer and so on, but mainly, I use it to hold the ruler down. <laughs> when I was in the jungle, I spent a lot of time studying monkeys. I remember sitting with one in the mist and trying to communicate. Zappa, Van Ronnie. The bonne day, what do today? The bong, the bap bap babi. Amadou di. Rip bap naza. Ebba dobba doi. Lab bap zini. One la bap dup la bap. Zid la bap da duni. Get mad, baby. Hard lad lad. You're not a real monkey, are you? No, no, no. I've just seen the Jungle Book. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we'll, we'll say no more about it. Now, um, Milton, this is a bit embarrassing. Um, I have to ask for the tape. Um, have you ever been in love? Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of girls through uh, binoculars. Any little floozy in particular? At the time, I wasn't getting on with my yoga teacher. She frequently put me in a very difficult position. 
So I went to Japan to study the mysteries of the East for myself. When I first met her, she bowed politely and told me to stay in the lotus position. I was alone in the garage all night. <laughs> in Japan, many of the houses have no furniture and are made of thin wood. Only the presence of garden equipment alerts you to the fact you may have wandered into the shed. <laughs> the Japanese are a proud nation. Indeed, if they were all inserted into wall plugs, none of their heads would be flush with the wall. <laughs> she took me to meet the actual emperor of Japan in a sauna. At which point I shouted, Look, the emperor's got no clothes on. But strangely, I was the only one who seemed to notice this. <laughs> Her father said that if I wanted his daughter, I had to complete seven tasks. The first one of which was to leave the country and never come back. <laughs> and I'm still waiting for the second. We're here with Milton Jones, who's about to suffer a hideously painful death as the snake venom courses through his veins. Lovely. Now, as a special treat, you're allowed to listen to one last tape. Well, it's got to be this. You're listening to BBC Radio 4, and now part two of our medical drama set in an emergency operating theatre, with sound effects by Milton Jones. <laughs> Hang in there, Mr Turner. Nurse, five mils saline and get me his blood work. Doctor, we're losing him. BP's at 120 over 65. Damn it, more saline! Right, hand me the defibrillator. 300 volts. Clear. <laughs> Thank God, Doctor, you've saved him. All in a day's work, nurse. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, that was me. <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to be a literary figure. A man of letters. Uh, oh, uh, not sure I can do that. Really? Hmm, bit ambitious. I can make you a man of letter. What? Here goes. Books, signposts, blackboards, magazines, you name it, I'm in it. As long as it's a name with a letter T in it, because that's what I am. The letter T. <laughs> At school, I was in an alphabet on a wall. I stood for toy. When I was old enough, I ran away to join the longest railway station sign in Wales. Llan fair pulkwyn gilgo windrop llandesili o go go goch. Or as it had to be known then, llan fair pulkwyn gilgo windrop llandesili o go go goch t. <laughs> Previous to that, there'd been a lot of unemployment for letters in Wales. So all the T's had got together and formed the great tea strike of 1922. <laughs> or as it had to be known then, the grey strike of 19 when you. <laughs> The transport system ground to a halt as people had to go everywhere by ram. <laughs> Yorkshiremen came out in sympathy by putting t before everything completely unnecessarily. <laughs> in the same way that the Welsh people had supported the letter C by adding it to the end of every sentence. See? <laughs> in the end, the strike was broken and we had to get together with random groups of consonants. And that is how the Welsh language was formed. 
During the war, I was joined up. <laughs> Fought against those slanty little italics. <laughs> That'll teach him to cross us. In the end, I was asked to stand for Parliament. I said, no, P stands for Parliament. <laughs> Met my ex the other day. She'd been badly deformed in a handwriting accident. I said, you need to see a doctor. She said, how do you think I got like this in the first place? <laughs> Jones, you could have been that letter. Hang on. You also said that I could have been a brilliant professor. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen of the Institute, I give you my latest invention, an animal translator. Oh, madness. I, I have already tested it on wolves with surprising results. When I put this wolf into the bath, this is what we hear. And this is what the wolf is actually saying. Oh! Too hot, mate. Still too hot. Too hot. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter what happens to me now. I've already come face to face with the very people I've been dreading. Headhunters. So, Dr. Jones, we reckon we can get you 50k as an adventurer in the forest. <laughs> They're very keen. Let us know what you think. Ciao. Then they were gone. It's like a city out there. <laughs> Tell me, do you believe in St. Christopher to keep you safe when you travel? No, but I do believe in St. Ivel to keep you safe when you're eating milk products. <laughs> in fact, he's one of my forgotten heroes of cookery. Please use your powers to tell me about him. Rightio! St. Ivel was the first person to introduce milk and cream products to Cornwall. As early as the 4th century, he was said to be keeping a dairy where every day he would write down what happened the day before. <laughs> it was also said that on seeing the plight of the poor, he cried tears of real milk. The other monks bottled them and sold them until one day they realised he just had conjunctivitis. <laughs> but then things began to go sour. One summer's day, he noticed that the milk had thickened and gone yellow. He told the good news to his followers, and they immediately began to spread it. <laughs> but even as he was being burnt at the stake, his enemies remarked, I can't believe he's not bitter. <laughs> Cobra is almost ready to strike now. I can hear all the sounds of the jungle closing in. Listen, there's a tiger. Don't worry, it's not a man-eater. I've watched enough television to know that most of them eat Frosties. <laughs> that was a monkey falling into a bath. And if you listen very carefully, you can actually hear the ruler of the jungle. Well, that's you done and dusted. I'm off. No, don't go. Especially when you're looking so lovely. Pathetic. Go on, then. A couple of other people's tapes might cheer you up. Things that went wrong in their lives. Um, what about this doctor from the Crimean War? I can't understand it. <clears throat> the field hospital is in total blackout, yet still the patients are being picked off by snipers. Ah, oh. oh, here she comes. Oh. Florence Nightingale, the Lady of the Lamp. Here's another.
never, unfortunate lady. Well, yes, I've never seen a fruit like it, but it's simply not what I expected when I won a trip to go and see the Big Apple. <laughs> and one for luck? You see, in order to keep discipline in the classroom, one has to stand at the back. But in order to write on the blackboard, one has to stand at the front. No one has satisfactorily solved the problem, not by a long chalk. <laughs> Hang on. So that was my life. And my grandfather, well, I didn't want him to go into a home. Mine. <laughs> Towards the end, he was quite hard of hearing. Uh, so we used to buy him easy listening records. <laughs> he got an ear infection, which meant that his whole body was covered with ears. <laughs> I'd quite often go and talk to him, because uh, he was a very good listener. <laughs> In the end, he died by falling into a bowl of fruitcake mix. It sounds unlikely, but you see, under the surface, there are very strong currents. <laughs> Ah, Jones. Smith. Hello, old boy. What do you want, Smith? Come to gloat over my last moments? Far from it. I've got something you might be interested in. Yes? There were these two hunters, and they went in search of rhino. Three days into the bush, they came across some tracks. Antidote, not anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, couldn't resist it. <laughs> oh, you're a one. <laughs> Goodbye, Jones. Sorry we can't help. Mm. Fancy a coffee? Mm, yeah, I do. Yeah. All alone now. So this is it. Hang on a minute. That snake's not a cobra. It's a rattler. <laughs> I know how to deal with that. Just grasp it firmly and... I'm saved. I've cheated death again. From now on, I'll stop plundering the earth for its riches and be nicer to animals. I'll wear this Davy Crockett hat. And if anyone asks me about being ethically sound, I'll say, yes, this hat's been recycled. Yeah, used to be a fox. <laughs> that was The Very World of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones. It also starred Alexander Armstrong and Joanna Scanlon. The show was written by Milton Jones with... Dan Evans, John Holmes and Andy Hurst, Mark Evans and James Barkman, Tony Roach and Mike Haskins. The producer was David Tyler and the programme was a positive production for the BBC. Yeah.